You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. Well, we're in it now. It failed. In the last few hours, we have learned that warships are coming this way from Earth. Their orders are to seize command of Babylon 5 by force. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. My words are inadequate to the burden of my heart. The year is 2260. The place, Babylon 5. And assuming we survive this, how old will you be in a year if you don't want to speak Mimbari? It's like I've always said, you can get more with a kind word and a two before than you can with just a kind word. Please, continue. Only one human can ever survived battle with the Minbari fleet. He is behind me. You are in front of me. You value your lives. Be somewhere else. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, season 2, episode 4, Passing Through Gethsemane. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we... we... Are the, the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. Sheridan and Brother Theo play chess. <laughs> <laughs> a kindly monk finds himself assailed by a strange objects and previously hidden memories. And Lita Alexander returns to Babylon 5 on Koshi's ship. <laughs> Written by JMS and directed by Adam Nimoy. Ooh. Oh. This episode was released on November 27th, 1995, and takes place from January the 18th to February the 4th, 2260. Guest stars, Brad Joriff as Brother Edward, Louis Turin as Brother Theo, Robert Keith as Malcolm, Lynn Blades as the news anchor, Natalie Brunt as business person, Ardright Chamberlain as the voice of Kosh, Mart Folger as Centauri, and Steve Gonzalez as news anchor number one. So, Sean, what did you think of this episode? Uh, it was another decent episode, much like last week. Very uh, run-of-the-mill, doesn't really uh, get us anywhere near the Shadow War. Enjoyable. It's Babylon 5. I, I love Babylon 5. This episode was good. Nothing really major, though, but it was, it was fine. Yeah, okay. Dan? Yeah, I think for me, this episode is made because Brad Dourif is in it. You know, it's what it's like we had last season when we had um, uh, Dwight Schultz. You bring it in because he's good at playing an unhinged character. So he's good at what he does. And that sort of lifts up the episode a little bit. Again, Brad Dourif plays unhinged psycho who doesn't remember or have any memory of what he did. And he's very good at it. It's it's good. Like Sean said, it's a run and mill episode does exactly what it says on the tin. You kind of see there's a mystery and it gets solved by the end. 
it's not a bad episode. It's not, you know, your middle of the road. I think it it did it better than other episodes have done it in the past, similar to last week again. But it, it's all right. It's probably not one I'm going to come back to. I've I've been watching a lot of Brad Jorif recently because he keeps popping up in TV series that I've been watching. Um, he was in an episode of Moonlighting, ironically, playing a uh, priest uh, <laughs> who had... Uh, somebody had died that he knew, and I think it was a bit of a confessional thing that was in, in, you know, sort of in there as well. Uh, then I've um, obviously we've seen him in Star Trek where he plays an unhinged psycho, and then you bring him in here and he plays both. <laughs> um, so it's it, it, he's getting a bit samey. Mm. You know, every time you see him, he plays the same thing. He's got a wheelhouse and he knows how to run it, and uh, absolutely does it brilliantly every time. Mm. Uh, but as soon as you see him on the screen, you know what's going to happen and who it's going to be. It's going to be him going all crazy and, and being mad and killing people. He, he, like I say, he, he is a superb actor. He's an actor of mm. top, top quality, um, especially on stage, but also in the things that he does when he gets a bigger bite of the cherry, like Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, He is an amazing actor, and his daughter, besides being absolutely gorgeous, uh, is just as good as he is. She's amazing. Um so, yes, um, uh, he comes in. I, and I think um, in this episode, um, his character is one of the better ones he plays. Mm. The, the, um, the idea of him being bad and then becoming good, uh, it opens up a total can of worms. Um, it really does make you think. And it's, I, th- I think it's done um, a lot better than a lot of other Brad Jorah stuff that he's done and a lot of other styles of let's say Jack the Ripper or, mm. uh, or something along those lines, you know, people who have killed in the past who are now sort of doing other things. Um, so I, I really, really like this episode. So, but we'll, we'll get into that in our ratings. It does benefit in that we've already had an episode about death of personality. So mm. to then have yes. another one that did it so much better, I think again, shows that this is a better episode than that one was. Yeah. And I think this is why this is, this episode is better is because you have, you don't have this, automatic connection between the two mm. you believe that this is um you know uh, uh brother edward that he is a you know a kind monk even though it's brad Jorif, and you know that something's going to kick <laughs> off soon um he is being totally nice and totally good and and he's a background character in fact you know he doesn't really sort of come forward too much it's all about uh, brother theo um and then and you see this totally what seems to be totally unrelated news uh, story about this person who's been you know, my mind wiped uh, the Garibaldi's been watching and has been following the uh, you know, the trial etc and you still don't oh I still didn't I say you I mean me personally I still still didn't put these two together because I'd forgotten this episode I, I mentioned this last week that in this episode I had forgotten totally this episode so everything was new for, you know, to me and to suddenly realise that you know, Brother Edward is actually this murdering guy you've now got to think but but is he okay now which he is so but you like him but knowing that he's killed all these people and violently as well not just killing them do you allow him to do you forgive him Mm. i mean you know that's that's a it's a really really hard question about faith and about you know it's obviously aimed at christianity and that sort of thing um it is a very very hard 
thing to say and to reconcile in your own mind that this person is now good. And I do like the um, uh, the, the the bit at the end where the, he says, how can I confess my sins when I don't know what they are? And that's an amazing, uh, that just sort of struck me. I'm not a religious person anyway, but I understand what he's saying here. You know, he he thinks he's going to go up to God and say, I have no sin. Look at me. Hey, but God's going to go, well, actually. But as as uh, Brother Theo says, God will God knows what you have done. He has seen what you have done and he will judge you when you get to him and he will forgive you for your sins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that was a very good theological argument you know, for both sides. And, and it really did for, you know, bring bring up some good, good points there. Uh, so anyway, uh, having totally spoiled the episode for anybody else who couldn't remember it, um, moving on, Sheridan and Brother Theo are playing chess, while the voice of Chucky, Lon Suda, and Ivanova are watching. Uh, Brother Theo wins the match and tells Brother Chucky to show Sheridan his latest non-profit-making creation. Ivanova is alerted to Kosh's return to the station, and she goes to meet him. He has returned, but with Lita Alexander. Lita has returned from the far-flung borders of Vorland space. She's convinced the ship, sorry, she convinced a ship to take her there, but the pilot got nervous, being so far out. So she convinced him to leave her in a, in a life pod with enough supplies for five days. After which, she awoke to find a ship alongside her pod. She passed out and found herself on the Vorland homeworld. She cannot reveal what she saw, she is now working for Kosh, based on Babylon 5, but away for most of the time, which is handy for the writers. They don't have to keep writing yes. stories for her. Mm. Um, but they are all a bit creeped out about it. Um, just a quick aside. Uh, apologies for the voice. I am still croaky uh, from, uh, <clears throat> he says, last week, <clears throat> when we recorded last week's episode, uh, it, this is not the same day uh, that we recorded last week's episode. Honestly. No, definitely not. No, 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 we, no we, we don't. We do wouldn't that. do that. No, no it's terrible. Yeah, apologies. I still got croaky voice. Hmm. Uh, Brother Edward is selling his wares when a black rose appears to fall from his bag. That is not a good sign. Now, the black rose is, is a story for you. Um, I used to work for a company called B and Q, which is uh, Britain's biggest hardware store. It is exactly the same as Home Depot in. America. Uh, do you have a Home Depot in Canada, uh, Sean? We sure do. I worked do. at one. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, that's right. I remember you saying that now. So it is identical. Orange uh, bibs and the racks are the same and the warehouses are the same and the people have to do the same thing. Now, what they used to do in the UK, which was a bit naughty, and I believe they took the idea from America, is B&Q will have a store in, in the UK no more than 20 minutes away from another store. So you are always near a B&Q. And that was the whole idea of it. They would encircle a city. And then once they had encircled the whole city with stores that are 20 minutes away from each other, they would send black roses to any other DIY shop in that city <laughs> to say, bye. <laughs> so which is a bit, bit naughty. Yeah. So that they used to. They don't do that now, obviously. Um, and they've closed quite a lot of the stores down as well. So there's the, now we are, because I used to be less than 20 minutes away from where I used to work, and of course, 20 minutes down the road, there was another one. Um, not the case now. Uh, so the black uh, the black rose is, is, is never a good sign. 
that's a twist on this episode I really want to see now. Like, it turns out he was just an ex B and Q worker, and he got mind wiped because he realized yeah. someone was maybe putting their hand in the till or something. And uh, yeah, because it. he he basically um, you know he, he didn't want to serve the customers because well, as that's everybody it. knows, all B and Q employees hide from the customers. Yeah, yeah, they I, never that's, fight. That's never. true. That's true over here too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is. Well, it is true. <laughs> we do hide. We did. Do we do? We did hide. <clears throat> I'm not well, saying they do now. <clears throat> in B and Q stands for bodges and quirks, right? That's that's um, that's how it works. Bodges and quirks. Big yeah. Q's. That's what it sounds yeah, for. Big Q's. There you. Back in the day, big Q's. <laughs> uh, for, for anybody interested, uh, Block and Quail. David Block, Richard Quail. I think it was uh, two guys in Southampton who had a hardware store and suddenly got bigger and bigger and bigger. There you go. Anyway, back to the show. Garibaldi is watching the news with Dylan, who asks him about the mind wipe. Uh, meanwhile, Lita is being scanned by Dr. Franklin, who claims she is in a better health now than she was five years ago. Issues that she had then have now completely disappeared. Lita does not seem concerned about it. Yeah, I mean, pre-existing things that she had have now cleared up and... Uh, she seems in really good health. I mean, you know, obviously a visit to the uh, Volon Spa was uh, a good idea. You know, it's yeah. revitalised her. It was something a little bit creepy in how he said, like, how good you look and, and all this sort of thing. Like, <laughs> it was almost to the point where he's like, I've got a spare bed. You know, if they haven't got your quarters ready, <laughs> come over. That's fine. Nice borders. Yeah, very nice borders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Brother Edward returns to his quarters and finds the message, Death Walks Among You, painted in blood on the wall. He alerts Garibaldi, but when he goes to show him, uh, it is gone. Mm -hmm. dum, dum, dum. Why are they so ominous, these you know, uh, messages written on walls in blood? You know, Why isn't yeah. it you know, 5% off if you go down the street or something? <laughs> you know, something <laughs> useful, at least. Yeah, 5% yeah. off at the Halloween store. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Vote for trust. No, no. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, I didn't mean to be that evil. Um, Brother Edward, uh, yeah, sorry, gone, done that bit. Londo Malari bumps into Lita as she comes out of the elevator. Lita, I understand the Psychor is looking for you. I would hate very much for them to find you. So would I. Because I'm not with the Corps anymore. That means I'm not bound by their rules. So if someone were to turn me in, I'd find him. And before they took me, I'd plant a nightmare deep in his mind where no one else could find or remove it. And that person would spend every night for the rest of his life screaming. I actually, uh, this bit I remembered because when I was, and there was a, a bit in the previous episode uh, that we reviewed last week that I also remembered. The only reason I remembered it is because I was looking for sound bites to create the, uh, the beginning <laughs> credits, and I'd actually watched this scene. And I thought, oh, I remember this scene. Why do I remember this scene? It, oh, yes, I only watched it a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, but I didn't know which episode it had come from. Uh, Brother Edward is still doing his rounds, finding out about the religions in the universe. I like this bit because he, you see him doing the job that he said he was going to be doing, you know, going out and finding out about these different religions asking them what it was all about. And I thought that was a really, really good scene because it cemented what he was doing, what we he was told we, he was going to be doing in the, in the previous time we saw him. 
um, doing his day-to-day stuff. That was really good. Yeah, no one expects the Brotherhood Inquisition. <laughs> mm, nobody expected what happened next. Uh, he meets with Dylan and Linnea. They share their feelings about their religions, including the story of Jesus and Gethsemane. Brother Edward leaves happy, but when he comes out of the elevator, he bumps into a centauri and then hears voices. As he runs away, he drops his bag and falls into some water. The reason he fell was that he tripped over a body. He gets back to his room and he's going over all the events that have happened to him. Brother Theo asks how he is. He tells him about his memories that he may or may not have had. Theo tells him to forget about them. Ed, well, I, I thought that was a bit odd. I thought it was going to be, oh, is Brother Theo making him hear things and see things? Mm. You know, telling him to forget about the all the disturbing things that are going on and affecting him. I thought, oh, is it him? Because I didn't, didn't know it was him. No. Well, you'd seen it before and remembered it. <laughs> I'd seen well, it before and forgotten it. Maybe we need another scene where he went to sick bay, and then the same person from last week turns around and says, Would you like a cup of tea and a biscuit? Mm. Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> the blood dripping off the walls. Does it look like I'm all right? <laughs> yeah. No, I think I've been mind wiped. I don't, I don't remember this at all. Edward searches the computer for all the things he has seen and imagined. Theo then calls for Sheridan to tell him about Edward's dreams. He says that Edward's dream may act- be actual memories of the past that he has forgotten and the Order does not know or care about it. Also, uh, that he is now one of the nicest, kindest, and caring people he knows. Mm, I think he knows something. Garibaldi finds Edward looking for his bag. He is troubled, but there is nothing Garibaldi can do. It turns out that Brother Edward was the serial killer Charles Dexter, also known as the Black Rose Killer. He was convicted and he has had his mind wiped, and then there was a fire in the facility that he was that he was being wiped in, and he was presumed killed. He obviously survived with a new set of memories and a personality set to serve society. Edward has accessed the computer and has found out who he really was. Theo bumps into Edward and says he has to come back. Edward does not want to go back. He says, imagine what it is like to find out you are not who you thought you were that you were actually a monster. What if I had died, Theo, never knowing what I had been? How can I confess my sins to God if I don't even know what they are? The mind forgets, but the stain remains with the soul. The blood of innocent people is still on my hands. My memories are the creation of somebody else And my soul is the soul of a killer. And everything that I have done has been a lie. But Edwards decides to say goodbye to Theo. If you ask God to forgive your sins, he knows what they are, even if you've forgotten. Leave it in his hands. Garibaldi has found Edwards' bag. It contains the compad which recorded his conversation with Dylan. It also recorded voices in the corridor. Someone had tapped into the PA system and played the voices to Edward. Also, there were traces of a chemical in Edward's room that acts like blood then disappears. Someone wants him to remember who he was. 
but you would need a telepath to shake a mind wipe like that. Garibaldi says that Edward bumped into a Centauri just before he went nuts, but Centauri don't hang around down below. It looks like someone is out for revenge. It's quite a um, a thing to to go through, you know, disturbing him in that way, to try and jog all these memories back out of him, just to get revenge. Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I, why not just sort of attack him anyway? But I suppose they want him to remember who he was, which, which I suppose that is a you know, mm. one way thing. But if you just want him dead, just kill him. Edward is found in a religious setting by a group of people, the sons and daughters of husbands of all the women he had killed. They have hunted him down over nine years and now want justice. The Centauri telepath has been found and has been questioned by Garibaldi and Sheridan. He confesses, saying it was just a job that he was paid to do. It was not his concern. They use Lita to get the information out of him as she is not affiliated to the cycle or bound by its rules. She finds out that Edward is in Brown 42. Edward is found crucified. The perpetrator is caught. Theo prays for Edward as he passes away. This opens up a can of worms as he forgives Edward his sins. But a twist. The new brother that replaces Edward is Malcolm, the killer of Edward. Sheridan has to shake hands with Malcolm as he has just spoken about forgiveness. I was going through Edward's effects when I found this. I know he wanted you to have it. I'm afraid he never had the chance to finish it. You take away a man's life, memory, and payment for his crimes, and it's still not enough. Where does revenge end and justice begin? Forgiveness is a hard thing, isn't it, Theo? I don't think anything can ever be more difficult. And Lita and Kosh have a bit of Volon on, vo Volon on human action, which reveals Lita's gills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No wonder she has so, so much oxygen in her body. So, yeah, that was an interesting bit at the end where, where Sheridan says he would, you know, he would forgive somebody, if, you know, for, you know like, like obviously talking about uh, Edward. Uh, how he could forgive him for his sins because he was a, he had gone on to become this nice person and then suddenly confronted with the guy who has just killed him. I'll keep this in a place of honor. Thank you. Brother Theo, I'm ready to go now. Good. Good. I'll walk you to your ship. Captain, this is Brother Malcolm. He's just joined the order under most unusual circumstances. I asked for him specifically when I heard he wanted to serve others. And you can say he has to shake his hand, but he's not happy about it, which really does question his his forgiveness. And you can see his point. It, and you can see Theo's point. Mm. It really, It really does ask a lot of questions this episode. He's about to leave for the monastery back home where he will be trained and trained well. It is all that I've wanted to do my whole life, as long as I can remember. It is an honor to meet you, Captain. I've heard so much about you. You must excuse the Captain, Malcolm. You interrupted his train of thought. I believe you were saying that forgiveness is a hard thing, but something ever to strive for. 
Were you not, Captain? So, before we go any further, Sean, do we have any promos at all? Oh, no. Again. Oh, just like <laughs> last week. Here, let's, uh, let's play this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Yeah, and it's for the Soul Forge, you dingbat. You should have remembered it. <laughs> well, you know what asks a lot of questions? <laughs> hey, Dad, what's the Soul Forge podcast? The Soul Forge podcast is all about life, the universe, and everything. Is it good for kids? Oh, no, it's not good for kids. Is it geeky? Oh, it can be geeky, but it can also be serious. We talk about life, sex, dating, and mental health, and so much more. Where can you find a Soul Forge podcast? You can find it everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and the ESO Network. Yeah, actually, all of our listeners out there who just heard the promo for the Soul Forge podcast, that's one that I do. <laughs> Maybe you recognize my voice. And we talk about all kinds of stuff. And both Paul and Dan have guested on the show before. So check it out, soulforgepodcast.com. It really does deal with some good issues, I have, I have to say. Yeah, mm. really good, a really good podcast. I'm, I'm not just saying that because it's one of yours, Sean. It is, it is one of the better ones. I appreciate it. Yes, yes, I was. Good luck to you. I hope things work out. I'm sure it will. Thank you, sir. We must be going along now. You will miss your flight. Okay, so let's move on to Star Trek Connections. Oh my goodness, how many Star Trek Connections can we find here, Sean? I found three. <gasps> one more than me. Well, that's because uh, one's a real stretch. Uh, one of the guest actresses' last name is Brent, and Brent was a character on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. And then uh, we've got director Adam Nimoy, who is the son of Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock for... 50-some years, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Brad Dourif, uh, who played Brother Edward, and he played Lon Suter, uh, crazy Betazoid on Voyager in three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, good character, because he, he crossed, crossed, like I say, crossed across a few episodes. It wasn't just a one-off mm. uh, That's thing. right, that's right. But you, you've got and, to use somebody that good. If you check your messenger, uh, I sent you a photo of young Adam Nimoy standing beside Leonard Nimoy in his Spock outfit on the original bridge. Yes, I did. I saw that. Hence the ping a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, we can can throw that somewhere on our uh, Facebook page. Hmm. Oh, we could do, if I remember. I'm I'm sure as I am listening to this, as, as I edit it, I will remember to do that. There you go. I can see future me going, oh, yes, I was going to do that, wasn't I? Do we have any fun trivia? <laughs> we do. In this chapter, Brad Jurif plays a former serial killer who underwent a telepathic memory wipe to remove his murderous personality. Jurif also plays a, uh, played the character of Lon Suda in Star Trek Voyager, a crew member who commits a murder and must undergo telepathic counselling with Tuvok to learn to control his aggressive behaviour. Until he's told to go out and murder everything. Hmm. Captain Sheridan orders a full workup on Lita by Dr. Franklin. You really don't want to do that. After she returns from the Vorlon homeworld. Assuming this takes place, Franklin somehow fails to notice that Vorlon's physically altered her to give it to have her gills on the neck to breathe their atmosphere. 
Easy to miss. Of course it is. Yeah, you, yeah that's a real nice pair of uh, gills you've got there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at the face, look at the face. <laughs> um, or maybe that's what it was. He was kept looking at her boobs and then she's hey, oh, yeah. the face is up here. Yeah, so we have to look up and he totally bypassed the gills. Yeah. The Mimbari ideology of the soul being projected into the human uh, into the body from somewhere else relates quite closely to Brother Edward. It also relates to Brother Malcolm at the end of the episode. These two characters are not the same people that they were before their mind wipes took place. Their body is the same, but the core has been changed. The core being has changed. Brad Joriff also plays Brother Edward, uh, sorry, who plays Brother Edward, is best known for the voice of Chucky, the evil doll from the Child's Play 1988 series. Uh, both characters are the result of a serial killer named Charles, getting his mind drastically altered in some way. In this episode, his memories of being a killer are wiped, while the film series, his mind is transplanted into a doll. Ah, I didn't know that, having never seen the films. Okay, Brother Edward, Brad Joriff. Yeah, original name is Charles Dexter, a reference to H.P. Lovecraft's novel, The Chase of Charles Dexter Ward, in which a kind and gentle man is possessed by the spirit of his evil ancestor, much like Brother Edward discovering his previous life as a serial killer prior to his death of personality sentence. Okay, ratings. So we uh, do our usual uh, Ratings out of five, if I remember to say out of five instead of out of ten, like I did last week. And uh, Sean, what have you uh, given this out of five um, jump gates? Uh, well, this one was a lot like last week's. Last week I gave it three. I, I almost gave it a three point two five last week. Uh, this one is pretty similar. Um, this one is maybe a little bit more involved. The, uh, the the plot is only two stories instead of four or five as last week, uh, but I, I think I'm still going to stick to three three out of five. It's good, uh, it, but it's inconsequential mostly. Mm-hmm. Dan, yeah, um, it, it, we'd already seen the death of personality, so having seen it being done once. And it was not that great. And then having it done this way and it felt a little bit better. It prompts more questions, as you've been saying, Paul, the whole way through, is that it makes you think, you know, could you actually forgive someone? And there's a lot of philosophical stuff that you could pick out of this episode. It's not delving deep into the Babylon 5 universe. It doesn't really give us very much. I don't really think this impacts any time soon or will actually impact for the rest of the seasons so it's not going to take us anywhere so that sort of prevents me from going in the four and five region um and i overall i just didn't enjoy it as much as day in the strife because day in the strife had a bit more sci-fi elements to it we had jakar we had characters who are going to carry forward and we had consequences this one didn't really feel like it had that so it's not by any means just a 2.5 a basic i would actually come back and watch it but i probably wouldn't put it top of my list so it's somewhere around 3.25 for me okay that's uh, interesting um imdb gave this 3.7 which is exactly the same as last week's episode hmm. sean has given it the same as last week's episode uh you've dropped down um i've gone higher 
So our, our average for the two episodes are around about 3.7 and 3.5, so or 3.6. So similar to, to mm. IMDb. My, um, I'm giving this a 4.5, which puts it into my top 10, mm. which, which surprised me because I, I, I thought maybe I'll drop that down a bit to get it out of the top 10, but I'm sure there's other episodes that will knock this one out. The reason I'm saying it's uh, 4.5 uh, is exactly what Dan said there, all of the, the, the questions that it asks. Do you, will you forgive somebody who had that sort of past? You know, could you find it in yourself to do that? Um, exactly like Sheridan did at the end. I mean, mm. he had to do what he had just said he was going to do, and he suddenly realised that he couldn't. And he he shook the guy's hand because he had to, but he was not really happy with what he had to do. So. I, I just like these the, the, the questions that this asked, and especially about how would you know God forgive me if I don't remember what my sins are, and and you know, the answer coming back, well, He knows what you've done; He hasn't forgotten. He will forgive you if, if necessary. And again, the priest, uh, Brother Theo, there forgiving him his sins, you know, and you feel for him because you think, well, yes, but now he is being a good person; he is atoning. But can you atone in the rest of your life? Can you make up for those that you've killed previously? Is there, a, is there a balance? Should there be a balance? You know, should you um, be better for the rest of your life? And, and hopefully that will overtake all of the bad. You know? Will it wipe out the feelings of all of the people that have lost their you know, family and loved ones to this person? It's, um, it's, it's a hard one. But then for the person to then kill uh, Edward, he has just basically become an, another, uh, another Edward. He has done exactly what Edwards has done. So, you know, it, and it was purely for revenge. It was, you know, he, he had hatred in him and he wanted to, to kill him. He has become the very thing that he is trying to get rid of. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's so many things in this, in this episode that, you know, that made me think. And it, there was not a lot of action, and there was, you know, but there was a lot to think about. And that's why I like it. Mm. Yeah. Anything else you want to bring up about this episode? Think that's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, what are we doing next week? Well, next week, um, join us again next week. We will be discussing season two, episode five, Voices of Authority. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.